Come on, can we give that name that's above every name? Come on, give him 10 seconds of some praise all over this house. Come on, you got five more seconds of some praise on Party on Purpose Sunday for the name above every name. Come on, five more seconds in this place. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. Once you high five your neighbors, say, man, Jesus is real good, y'all. Jesus is real good, y'all. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to church. Just a few more minutes that I'll have you standing. I know you've been standing for about 30 minutes, but I want to take a, a second and just look into those uh, cameras right there and just say, hey, welcome everybody in this watching online. Uh, watching, honestly, we got an overflow. Uh, some of our serve team giving up their seat to sit in a, a, another room just to be a part of the service today. So come on, everybody in the room. Can we give it up for everybody that's watching online, watching the overflow room? Love it. Love it, love it, love it. I'm going to ask you, if you don't mind, would you grab your Bibles? We're going to be in Luke chapter 6. Just a few more minutes. I'll have you standing. In honor of God's word, we love to stand and do that. And so if you don't mind doing that, that would be awesome. We're going to be in Luke chapter 6. And I want to tell you, it's five years uh, since we've been in church. And as you're getting there, I just want to take just a moment. Just to, I, I've, I've cried too much today already, if I'm going to be honest. I'm a, I'm a real emotional person. And, uh, and so just, just thinking about the last five years, what God has done in this place is beyond me. Uh, it's kind of, I, I envisioned it, but just you never, you just had a lot of faith and just, a, hey, we're willing to do whatever we got to do, um, but just did not know what God was going to be up to. We had faith that he was going to do something, and I just look across this room, and I see your faces and your families, and I just want to tell you thank you for being a part of this. Uh, everybody that has been a part of it the last five years, whether it's for a little while or whether it's still here or not, I just am so thankful, and we got a mission that's not going to change. It's to connect people to Jesus and help them live on purpose, just because we turn five and just because we in kindergarten don't mean we ain't gonna keep the same mission and keep going and so I'm gonna tell you thank you and I want to tell you just this last year uh, has been an incredible year and we, we love to give you an update on all of that so on your way out today at the connect corner feel free to grab one of these and it says the best is still ahead because I really do believe that we as a team really do believe that it's got some numbers that we want to celebrate with you over the last uh, year uh, of Purpose Church and one of those numbers last year that I want to celebrate with you was the fact that we have had 135 people commit their life to Jesus in 2024. Come on, can we take five seconds? I know you got your Bible in your hand, but come on, can we give God a big shout of praise in this place that he saved 135 people last year? So grab one of those on the way out. I want you to have those. Um, I, I want you to celebrate what God is doing, and it wouldn't be possible without you. And, I, and what God is doing is just all, it's all God, and I'm just so thankful. Everybody at Luke chapter 6, you there? If you're there, say, I'm there. If you need a second, say, hold up. Okay, I think we're all there. Awesome. Luke chapter 6. Uh, we're going to start in verse number 6. And I'm going to read off my computer because I'm reading out of the NIV version. I want you to see that. It says this in verse 6. On another Sabbath, he being Jesus went into the synagogue and was teaching. And a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. The Pharisee and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So the Bible says they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew what they were thinking and said to the man with a shriveled hand, he said, get up and stand in front of everyone. So this man, he got up, stood there, and then Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? He looked around at them all, and then he said to the man, he said this, stretch out your hand. Somebody say, stretch. Yeah, stretch out your hand. And the Bible says that he did so, 
and his hand was completely restored. I love that so much. Watch what it says, though, in verse 11. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. And so I I am so thankful for this message today. I feel like the Lord downloaded in my spirit a word for us in 2024. I know this is not going to be a fun word for you. I know it's not a fun word for us sometimes, but it's this word stretch. Come on. Everybody in the room shout stretch. Come on, everybody in the room, right before you're seated, before we pray, why don't you just lift your hands in the air. Come on, stretch it up, stretch it up, okay. All right, everybody lean to the left. Come on, somebody. Lean to the right. Come on, that's the most stretching you've done all week long, right, hadn't it? But here's the deal. I'm going to talk to you about this idea of stretch. We're going to talk about it in a second, but let me pray first. Lord, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, and everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Go ahead and high-five your neighbor and say, I'm really glad that you're sitting by me today at church. Because you look like you could use some church. Go ahead. Look like you could use some church today. <laughs> awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well, I am so thankful again for you. So glad that you're here. And, um, I'll, I'll just tell you today, this idea of stretch. Five years. Wow, what God has done over the last five years. And uh, I'm just really thankful, really grateful. But I am in a season, I feel like our church is in a season where we're about to stretch a little bit, where we're about to stretch, and I believe God is kind of speaking to you as well in that, and as I began thinking about this word stretch, I began thinking about a toy that I had as a kid. Now, everybody that grew up in the 80s and the 90s knows what I'm about to bring out in a second. Everybody over the age, I mean, probably if you were born in 2000s and stuff, you may not have had this toy, but you missed out, all right? Because this toy right here was awesome. Did anybody have one of these guys? Okay, he's... He's got a spandex, you know, on, but we're going to not worry about that today, okay? Uh, Anybody have a stretch Armstrong? How many of y'all had a stretch Armstrong? Come on, wave at me if that's you. All right. How many of y'all have no idea what a stretch Armstrong is? Come on, wave at me. Okay, 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 okay. I want to see what I was working with because I think some of you, you may have grew up with a stretch Armstrong. Some of you are like, why is that dude holding a dude with some, you know, some undies on, on on the platform? I want you to understand this guy right here, his name is Stretch Armstrong. And if you don't know, what he can do is actually stretch. Come on. Y'all know this can happen? Then look how swole he is coming back. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just rounded up. Right, anybody, anybody, okay, anybody have love? I love Stretch Armstrong. I remember in my room, boy, you could, you could stretch this dude any which way, and guess what? He go right back to the same position. Here we go, look. Look at him. Right back. Isn't that awesome? Come on, somebody in the front row, help me out. Pull that right there. Pull. Just Okay, now let it go, just very softly. Okay, good, good, good. All right, look. My man Stretch Armstrong could stretch, and he go right back to the same position, right? I like it. Nothing would break him, it seemed like. I actually actually broke one of my Stretch Armstrongs one time. Anybody ever break one? And he had that, like, that sludge stuff coming out of it. It was nasty. Don't eat it. Definitely don't eat it, Randy. We do not want to do that. So go to the hospital immediately, right? But, but I want you to know, like this little toy right here, this little guy right here, he had the ability to stretch but not to break. Right? He had this ability to be flexible and move in positions and, and go places that probably not many other people could go. And then nothing would actually affect who he was. And I think that's important. I like that idea. I think this idea of stretching is something that you and I, we need to get accustomed to. And I don't like to stretch, if I can be honest, right? Anybody, when you're working out, you're like, hey, skip all of that. I'm going straight to grabbing some dumbbells. Anybody in the room? Like, skip the stretching. How many of y'all are the stretchers in the room? Y'all stretching it out, you know, you're just you're getting ready before you go. Like, okay, I don't like the stretch. 
I don't like to do it. I don't like to stretch. I don't like, I'm like, okay, I don't have enough time. I want to get right in. I want to get it done. I want to get out the gym. I'm, I'm good. I don't need to stretch. I don't want to really do that, right? And I got to thinking about it. I think that that's a lot of our lives and the fact that we don't want to stretch. That there's a lot of us living our life in this fact that, guess what, we do not want to stretch. But I want to give you some, uh, some points today. From the word of God, that I believe that if you and I can live our life a little bit like Stretch Armstrong, that God can use you in 2024. That God can speak to you and that God can do something in you. In fact, this idea of stretching um, has been a, a theme all throughout the Bible. If you go and look at the Bible, what you'll find is that all throughout the Bible, this word stretch is mentioned actually 95 times. So 95 times through the Bible, you're going to see this idea of stretching taking place. I'll show you a couple real quick. If y'all good with that, everybody okay? Okay, Genesis chapter, uh, let's see what it is. Chapter 22, verse 10 says this. And Abraham, what did he do? He stretched out his hands and took his knife to slay his son. Go to Exodus chapter 7, verse 19. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, this is when the plagues are going on, when he's going to send plagues on Egypt in order to let his people go. And watch what we see happen. Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, Take your staff and stretch out your hand. Right? You go to Isaiah. This is talking about literally the tent post of the, the tabernacle and the church. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. I ultimately know that our Savior stretched his arms out on a cross and he gave his life for you and I. And so I want us to see that this theme of stretching is all throughout the Bible. Isn't it funny that what can happen in our everyday life is it's funny how when you're working out, you might gain some muscle, you might gain some tone, you might gain, you might be better at cardio, you might gain a little bit of strength. But how many of y'all know that sometimes you can do all of that and you still ain't got no flexibility? You know what I'm talking about? You can't even touch your toes. You know what I'm talking about? Right? I, I think the same thing can sometimes happen in our life. And I believe that there are so many of us that when it comes to this idea of stretching, that we have, may have gained muscle, we may have gained strength in God, but we've lost our ability to stretch. We've lost our ability to move. And the problem with that is this, is that we make idols out of things that God has done in the past, and we don't know how to move into what God is calling us to now. So what I want to challenge some of us with is the fact that you and I, some of us might be stuck in the last five years when God has actually called you to stretch in 2024. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to challenge you today, I'm going to challenge you this year, that God is looking for your availability. But listen to me, He's also looking for your flexibility. Alright, so I want you to write that down. God is looking for your availability, but He's also looking for your flexibility. The, the miracle of the stretch is in the ability to be available and flexible. And I think if we just all be honest, in this room today, 2024, we want this year to be like a year of miracle, right? For us, like, oh, man, you're believing for something. You're like, whoa, yes, I want a miracle. Anybody in the room just say, hey, you know what, I love, I'd love to have a miracle in 2024. Come on, I think all of us can agree to that. I think all of us can agree, but here's the thing I know about a miracle. The prerequisite to a miracle is that there is a problem, right? Like, like. You can't have a miracle unless there's a problem in the first place. You can't have a resurrection, right, bring something back to life unless it's dead. Come on, somebody. Right, you can't have a healing unless it's sick. You can't stretch something that may not, unless it's not stretched or unless it's withered. And that's exactly what we see in the Bible today. This story that we find ourselves in is this guy 
that is in a withered season. His hand, actually, in three out of the four Gospels, which are the eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they write this story out. So you can go and read any of their accounts of it. There are four kind of different vantage points of the life of Jesus. And you'll find this story is in them. And a man with a withered hand. And so think about it for a second. Verse 6 tells us it was another Sabbath day. And Jesus, he went into the synagogue and was teaching. And a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. A right hand was withered. And what I got to thinking about that and what I want you to write down and what we'll talk about to start today is this idea of stretching actually starts with a desperation. Stretching actually starts with a desperation. What I want to just kind of paint the picture for you, you got to imagine for just a second this guy, is a, he has a withered hand, and this man is at church, and he's thinking, oh, it's another Sabbath day, it's another, another visit to the synagogue, another day, honestly, of being ignored by people, feeling rejected, hearing the whispers of everybody else, seeing the looks that they're giving me, and what this guy is, is, is he's desperate. You know why? Because he's desperate enough to show up to a place that he is not welcomed and not wanted. Because at this time, they had this terrible theology known as sinner theology. And sinner theology said this, that if you were handicapped, or if you had something wrong with you, if you were paralyzed, people believed that was due to your sin, or your behavior, or your parents' sin, or their behavior. So if you walked in and you were sick with leprosy, or paralyzed, or had an ailment in your body, you know what people would say? They'd say, oh, you just a sinner. Tap your neighbor and say, oh, you just a sinner. Go ahead, let them know. Let them know we're all in the same boat. Just a sinner is what they say. And this became a status symbol. This became a status symbol and not one that you would want to wear proudly, okay? And they would have this sinner mentality. And this mentality that all these people had was that you were not accepted here. That you were not okay. You were an outcast. You were pushed outside of the city many times. Not allowed to worship. They didn't want anything to do with you. They wanted to literally remove the sin from their camp. And this is what I got to thinking as I was reading that this week. May we never be a church that's like that. May we never be a church that's just for church people. right? May we never be a place that creates a country club for people who got it all together and Christians like we got everything all buttoned up, but rather a hospital for the sick. right? And I love what C.T. Studd says. And if you got a last name like that, you can say anything you want. Come on, somebody. C.T. Studd said this, some want to live within the sound of a church or a chapel bell, but I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. And I came to remind Purpose Church today that we will be a church. That is, it is okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. And we are not going to stop sharing the love of Jesus until everybody in Murray and Callaway County knows their God-given purpose. Come on, if we really believe that, can we put our hands together and give him a big shout of praise. We ain't stopping. We ain't stopping. We have this mission to go out and connect people to Jesus, help them live on purpose, and we ain't stopping until everybody in Murray and Callaway and the whole world knows their God-given purpose. And this rejection, if you can imagine for just a second, there is this rejection that this guy feels when he came into the place, and it was normal, but this day was different. There's something different about this day. And you know what I got to thinking about? It was because Jesus was in the house. It's because Jesus was in the house. And one thing you notice is that when Jesus is in the house, listen to me, if he would show up, everybody would turn up. Come on, somebody. 
right? Literally all kinds of people. It didn't matter who you were. Like all different kinds of people were attracted to Jesus, intrigued by Jesus. I believe that everywhere that Jesus went, people were attracted to his love. They were attracted to his compassion. They were attracted to everything about Jesus. Something about this day, if you can imagine for just a minute, something about it just felt different. This guy, he shows up in a place where he's not welcomed and he's desperate, but today Jesus is in the house. And I got to thinking, I don't know what you walked in this place with. I don't know what you walked in this place carrying, what your handicap might be, what your background might look like, what challenge you bring with you today. But I'm really thankful that no matter the situation, no matter the background, no matter the past, no matter your current state, that nothing can keep you away from the love of Jesus. Come on. Is anybody thankful that we serve a God that loved us even at our worst? Come on, I'm thankful. And again, I want you to think about it. Think about that day, man, Jesus in the house. There's this buzz in the room, right? Just this, but once you, once you tap your neighbor, both neighbors, and be like, whichever one you like first and better, tap them first. But just be like this is like, Jesus in the house, Jesus in the house, Jesus in the house. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You feel that? You see that? That's what's going on at church. That's what's going on this day. Right, Jesus in the house. Woo! Man, listen, y'all know, y'all heard what he's been doing? Y'all seen what he's been doing? Woo! Jesus is here. Man, Jesus is in the house. Oh, my gosh, he's in the, He's here. I've, man, I've seen him. I've heard about him. Oh, my goodness, he, he's here. Uh, man, oh, woo. Man, this is crazy. It might get wild in here today, man. Have you heard about this guy? I can just imagine this man literally with the withered hand is kind of shrinking back in the background, trying to go unnoticed. Yeah, I've heard about this guy named Jesus. I hear all the buzz. I've heard what he's been doing, but he wouldn't want anything to do with me because nobody else has. Why would he want anything to do with me? And all of a sudden, Jesus locks eyes with this guy. Can you imagine that moment? Man, where Jesus locks eyes with this one guy that was, uh, again, to their society, unwelcomed in the place that he was in. Locks eyes with this guy. And we find out that not only does Jesus lock eyes with him, he begins to talk with him. He begins to talk with him. He says this in verse 8. But Jesus knew what they were thinking, the Pharisees, the teachers of the religious law. And he said to the man with the shriveled hand, the withered hand, get up and stand in front of everyone. So watch this. The Bible says he got up and he stood there. Come on, can you imagine for just a second that this guy is terrified, stumbling clumsily towards Jesus. He's probably sweating, his knees weak, her arms are he- his arms are heavy, there's vomit on his sweater already. That's a different sermon. That's a different one. That's a different sermon. Some other time, all right? Can you imagine, though? Like, think about it for a second, man. He's there, he's sweating, he's, he's freaking out. What, what's Jesus going to do? What's about to happen right now? And this is what I got to thinking about stretching. Not only do I want you to understand that stretching starts with a desperation, I also want you to know that stretching can be uncomfortable. And that stretching can also be uncomfortable. Think about this dude, right? He's looked down upon in society. Nobody wants to be around him. He's deemed an outcast by his peers, told to stay away. And now he is standing front and center in front of everybody. Jesus is there, and this man's issue is in front of everybody. How would you like if your issue had been called to the carpet? What would that feel like for you? And come on, don't act like, listen, we all got issues. Come on, tap your neighbor say, I know you got some. Say, I know you got some. I know you got some. I know you got some issues. Because this is what I know we love to do in church. Can I be honest today? 
about three of us, I said, can I be honest today? This is what we love to do in church. We love to hide our issues. We love to mask our issues. We love to put just makeup on our issues. We love to kind of say, no, 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 it's not that bad. I know some of you today may have came into church floating like you had communion for breakfast, right? But some of us, we got issues. We got things that we're dealing with. We got things that we're working through. Real Christians are not perfect. In fact, if you're looking for a perfect church, I'm just going to let you know today, this one is not it. All right? And if you happen to find a perfect church, don't go there. You know why? Because you got issues too. And you're going to make it not perfect the day you show up. Right? We all have issues. We all have things working through. But this man with his issue is now standing in the middle of the church with his abnormality in front of everybody. I just came to remind you, stretching is going to be uncomfortable. And stretching is going to be awkward. And I believe that my job is to stretch you spiritually in 2024. And my job as your pastor, my job leading this place, this church, is to stretch our team, our church, myself, spiritually this year to do things that we never thought possible unless with God. And that's my job, and I feel like, again, I want you to see the power of the stretch. What happened when he listened to Jesus and he did what he said? Listen, you want to live a stretched life? You want to live a life that is uncomfortable? You want to live a life that has a motto for living in a wild year this year? Guess what? Listen to Jesus, do what he says. Right? You want a motto for 2024? It's not going to be up on the screen, but I want you to write it down. Listen to Jesus, do what he says. Listen to Jesus, do what he says. And this is what I think we all know is that when Jesus tells us something, if he's speaking to you and you're listening, as many times what we do is be like, no, 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 Jesus, I don't want to do that. Or, oh, no, 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 that, that's for somebody else. I must have heard their word. I was sitting real close to them in church today. They must have been talking to them, right? No, 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 I, I can't do that, Jesus. And here's what I got to thinking. You don't have to understand everything that Jesus says completely in order to obey him immediately. So you don't have to understand everything completely, because if you did, you wouldn't need God. If I understood everything, I wouldn't need Him. But i got to have some faith and say, hey, you know what, God? I don't understand this, but I'm trusting you. And because you said it, Jesus, I'm willing to do it. Yeah, yeah, you said, I, 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 you, you told me to come stand in front of you. I'm listening and doing what you say. And I just want to tell some of us today, listen, God, you may, you may think, God, I don't understand what you're calling me to do. God, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. It's uncomfortable. It's not fun. It's nerve-wracking. It takes discipline. It takes time. But listen to me. I would want you to live a life this year that if Jesus tells you to do it, you say, hey, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to do it. And I want to tell you, this reminds us, and I want you to write this down, is that when God calls you to stretch, watch this. Obedience is your responsibility. The results are God's responsibility. So obedience is your responsibility. The results are God's responsibility. Ooh, I'm about to preach in just a second. Are you ready? Some of you don't need a new word in 2024. You need to obey the last word that Jesus told you in 2023. We all want a new word because it's a new year. But my thing is, why would God give you a new step if you hadn't said yes to the old step? And I just want to challenge some of you. Your job is obedience. My job is obedience. Results are God's responsibility. And I'm going to tell you about it. I think, I think if I could change the word responsibility, it would just be this, respondability. Right? It's, it's your ability to respond to what Jesus is asking you to do. 
Again, this man right here is commanded to do something impossible in his current condition. Jesus gave this man a command, and the man's responsibility, his response, was to listen to Jesus and do what he says. So what does your responsibility look like? In 2024, listen to me. How do you respond to Jesus when he seemingly asks you to do the impossible or to stretch? I'm going to give you a few to just walk out, okay? What about tithing? What about tithing? I know that's that uncomfortable, don't talk about money in church. Listen, we don't need your money. We're doing great in 2024. Can I be really honest in, in today? Is that okay? But I'll just tell you, there's always more vision than there's money. That's going to happen. We're going to reach this entire county for Jesus. I'm just going to tell you. I'm just crazy enough to think that and just wild enough to go after it, all right? We're going to do it together. But here's the thing I want to tell you about. What is God wanting to teach you in the stretch of tithing? Because I think maybe for some of you, you need to take that step and say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I trust God with my eternity, but I can't even trust him with my finances. Come on, I'm, I'm trying to stretch you this year. Trying to stretch your faith. Come on, would you begin to, to believe God and saying, God, I'm going to put you first in my finances? What about serving? Come on, many of you, the last five years, you've been coming to church for five years, and you've never taken another step. I'm going to stretch you today and say, hey, listen, God, I believe is telling you to take another step, to go to next, to begin to serve, to begin to say, okay, God, I don't understand it. It's uncomfortable, it's out of my comfort zone, but I'm saying yes to whatever you tell me to do. Like I'm willing to step out of that comfort zone. I'm going to tell you, we're not ever going to ask you to do anything that we're not be honest today. About four of us, I said, can I be really honest today? We have had two services for the last five years. Started with two, COVID, two services after COVID. Here we are, two services in a new room. New building, all of that stuff from a couple years ago. Guess what? Two services. Can I tell you something real quick? Comfortable with two services. Comfortable. You're comfortable because there's a lot of you in here. Our kids' team is not comfortable because there's a lot of kids there. I would never ask you to do something that we are not willing to do as well. And so I just want you to know that the respond ability that we had to God saying, hey, you, are you really believe the mission you're saying you do? To, to go and reach one more for the one, well, then you're going to have to go to three services. Oh, Lord. Are you sure? Sure, Lord. Can we get a bigger building? Nope, finances ain't there yet. We'll worry about that another day. Guess what? Will you say yes to what I've called you to right now? And, and I want you to know that there is some stretching that's taking place there. But I'm just telling you, three services, which, by the way, let me remind you of, 815, 9.45, 11.15. If you show up at 9 or 10.45, you're showing up in the middle of a service, all right? I know we've done this five years. Come on, let's stretch a little bit. And we're willing to stretch. We're willing, but, but we're, we're, we, we really like being comfortable, don't we? Come on, who's thinking about that couch this afternoon on a cold, rainy Sunday afternoon? Come on, somebody. I'm thinking about it. Can't wait. Kick my shoes off. Wish the Cowboys were playing, but they're not, so it doesn't matter. I can rest. I can sleep. It's okay. But, but I think we're really good with being comfortable. But I think the word that the Lord has given me this year for our church is stretch. you got to stretch a little bit. Dustin, you got to stretch a little bit. you got to stretch your leadership a little bit. You can't keep doing what you have been doing, expecting the same result. No, no, no. you got to stretch a little bit. And can you imagine really quick if this man stayed in his comfort zone? 
Can you imagine if this man just stayed in the back, not willing to do what Jesus told him to? You know what he would have done? He would have missed out on the miracle. He would have missed out on the miracle. Because this is what I know is that the miracle takes place in the stretching. Come on, it takes place in the stretching. The miracle takes place as you stretch. It took place. Watch what the Bible says, verse 10. It says, he looked around at them all and then said to the man, stretch out your hand. And watch what happened. The Bible says, what did he do? He did so. He did so. Somebody say, he did so. He did so. And watch what it says. And it was at that time, then his hand was completely restored. I got to thinking about it. If Jesus asks you to do something in 2024 that is hard, that's uncomfortable, that's a challenge, that seemingly feels impossible, this is my question for us. Would you not have the faith to do it? Would we have the faith to do it? See, it wasn't until he actually did the work of stretching out his hand that the miracle took place. It wasn't until then that it took place, so he stretched it out. It was completely restored. What this man had hidden, what this man had lost confidence in, what this man was embarrassed by, God wanted to fully restore. And listen to me. Look at me really quick. Let me see the whites of your eyeballs. Look at me. I wonder what supernatural Jesus-honoring event is on the other side of your comfort zone is on the other side of you stretching and saying, God, yeah, you said it. I like what this says. He did so. Jesus tells this man to stretch out your hand, and the Bible says that he did so. Would we be a church full of people of some he did so's and she did so's? That, God, you asked us to do something. God, you've, you've, you've put a calling on our life. You've marked us for something different. And it's hard, it's uncomfortable, it's a challenge. But because you said it, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to ask that we would have a church people, a, a church full of people, thousand plus people that are going to say, you know what? Jesus says it, I'm going to do it. No if, ands, or buts about it. No hesitation, not holding back, not one day win. No, Jesus, you said it. He did so. She did so. And don't be, don't be alarmed. That when you start to stretch, watch this, your stretching might cause others to start stressing. Come on, somebody. And I'm going to land the plane on this. This is what I came to remind somebody today. That Jesus gives this man a command. This man is healed instantly, completely restored, walks out of the synagogue. I, this might be just my ADHD, but I can imagine that withered hand. He's walking out, peacing everybody out. Come on, somebody. Peace, y'all. I'm out. You can just imagine him doing that. Watch what verse 11 says. It says, But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were furious, began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. Let me tell you this. Don't let, any, don't let what God has called you to do be hindered by those who are unwilling to take a step or trust Jesus themselves. Don't be willing to be hindered by that. Don't be held back because somebody else doesn't believe what Jesus is doing. Don't be held back by that. It's amazing that the religious teachers who saw the former handicapped man, his hand was withered, his hand was shriveled up. They didn't celebrate that he had been healed, but complained that Jesus actually healed the man. May we never be a church that is more concerned with our preferences than God's provision. 
May we never be a church that says, you know what, we're not concerned with the miracle for the one. No, no, we are concerned. We are thankful. We are grateful that we serve a God that is still in the miracle working business. They were concerned that Jesus was breaking a man-made law. It wasn't even the Ten Commandments. It was a law that they created. They were more upset about the religiosity than they were about the literally the miracle that took place. May we never be a church that's like that. May we always be a church that parties with the purpose. You know why? Because the miracles are still taking place. Dead things are still coming alive. Lost things are still being found. Withered things are still being restored. And come on, if we believe that and we're trusting God in 2024 for a stretch, come on, why don't you do this? Can you stand to your feet and can you give God five seconds of praise as you stand to your feet today? Come on, if we believe that in this place. I love, I love, I would rather live for the approval of God than I would the applause of man. And so I'm challenging you today. When you start stressing, don't, don't, don't trip out when other people start stressing. Don't, don't freak out because it's going to happen. But I'm praying that you would, you and I, we would listen to God and we would do what he said. We listen to Jesus, do what he says. This missionary named William Carey in 1792 said this, Expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. This is the year of stretching. We're going to attempt some great things for God. We're going to put more shoes on some kids' feet. We're going to go out there and make a difference outside of these four walls. We're going to go and we're going to add a service. Hey, I hope we have to add another one for the end of this year because there's so many people gathering around the name of Jesus. I hope there's more people. I love Racer Basketball. watched it yesterday. I hope there's more people at this place than there are at the I hope it's both full, but I hope this place, worshiping Jesus, is, is the thing that, man, we would not miss for the world. Man, we would do whatever we got to do to get around the name of Jesus. I'm, pr- I'm believing it. I hope y'all are crazy enough to go with us. And I hope, I, I know he wants to use you in the middle of it. So I'm proud of you. I'm so excited for you. Maybe there's some of you today you need to stretch out and you need to give your life to Jesus. You've never said yes to a relationship with Christ. Today's that day. What better day to start a new birth than on the birthday of our church? Come on, somebody. Right? So all across this room, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus. I just want to tell you that that's the reason why we exist as a church is to connect people to Jesus, help them live on purpose, and we can't do any of the connecting. It's only Jesus that can do that. So you're in this place and you've never said yes to a relationship with Jesus. I want you to know that Jesus died for an opportunity to have a relationship with you, that yours and my sin has separated us from God, that our sin that literally that Jesus was willing to come and die for it. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible tells us that if you and I don't accept what Jesus has done on the cross, then guess what? We have to pay for our own sin for eternity. And the Bible says that that that, that choice is eternity separated from God in a place called hell. That would be such a travesty. You know why? Because we serve a God that did not leave us far off to figure it out on our own, but came and gave his life for us. So if you're here, you say, hey, I've never given my life to Jesus, but today's it. I came to this place. I wasn't expecting it, but maybe God has been speaking to you all week, and you couldn't wait till Sunday, and you're here. You need to give your life to Jesus. I'm going to lead you in a prayer of repentance. The Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you'll believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. So maybe you're here. 
you've never given your life to Jesus, I'm going to say a prayer. It doesn't have to be word for word that you repeat it, but I want you to mean it in your heart. And I want you to say it like you mean it. Say something like this, dear Jesus, I want you to forgive me. I trust you as the Lord of my life today. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I believe you died on the cross. I believe that you got out of the grave. I believe you're alive today. And I want you to be the Lord of my life today. Save me. Let me live for you from this day forward. Thank you for Je- thank you for saving me, Jesus. Maybe you're here and you prayed that. I'm going to ask you to do something that's going to stretch out of your comfort zone. Might be a little uncomfortable for you. Here's what I'm going to do. In a, in a place of a people that love you, that guess what? We don't have the same atmosphere that that same place had. Where, you know what? This place is okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to stay that way. Jesus saved you today if you did that. Jesus saved you today. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your hand, and I want you to throw it up over your head. Anybody else say, hey, it's me. Throw it right up over your head. Awesome. Anybody else say, hey, I just gave my life to Jesus today. See your hand. Awesome. Awesome. I want to take a moment. Put your hands down right now. Let me speak to you guys that just raised your hand. Just a second. I'm going to ask you to do something even a little bit more bold. I'm going to ask you if you are comfortable doing it. No, I'm not going to ask you if you're comfortable. I know it's uncomfortable. But I think there's some of you that just saying yes to Jesus, that's a big stinking deal. It's why we do what we do. And I want to let you know that Jesus loves you and he cares about you, and so do we. We want to know that you made that decision. So if you just raised your hand and said, hey, I just gave my life to Jesus, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Would you take the person that's sitting next to you and would you guys come to, we have prayer team on either side of this platform right now. And would you say, hey, would you go with me? I just gave my life to Jesus. Both sides of this platform. Right over here we got some people. Just say, hey, would you go with me? I want to let somebody else know that I just gave my life to Jesus. So on the count of three, I want you to move. One, two, three. Would you move? Awesome. Anybody else say, hey, it's me. Grab that person's hand next to you. Grab that person's arm next to you. Say, hey, I just gave my life to Jesus today. Anybody else say, hey, that's me. This is a place that we love when people take next steps. But the greatest step that we could ever do is acknowledge that we're a sinner in need of a Savior. And today, looks like we have some people that say, hey, I want, I want a relationship with Jesus. And so Purpose Church, can we lift our heads? And I know they're still talking to some people down here. But can we tell them how much we love them, how proud of Jesus we are in them?